the info track. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Education can be a powerful force, helping individuals achieve success. Our next guest is devoted to helping prisoners get better access to education behind bars. He's Daniel Karpowitz, Director of Policy and National Programs for the Bard Prison Initiative and author of College in Prison, Reading in an Age of Mass Incarceration. Daniel, what sets your educational program apart from others that are out there? Well, there are certainly, I think, to begin with, a number of things we share. Many of these programs share a commitment to increased access to everything that American higher education has to offer to the pursuit of good students, wherever they may be, and to a sense that American colleges and universities have a role to play inside prisons to make them more appropriate institutions for the democracy in which we're proud to live. So those are commonalities. I think the things that I would emphasize that make us what we are and who we are are a fundamental commitment to the liberal arts, to the breadth and depth of everything that means in terms of curriculum and types of faculty and the methods and the questions that students encounter, and to privilege that before we think about the immediate utility or instrumentality of the learning that goes on, while we fully embrace the challenge and the responsibility as educators to help create opportunities post-graduation, and in our case, also post-release, for careers, for meaningful work. Daniel, you took this program from a small pilot to a nationwide network. I'm wondering if you can share the story of that briefly with us. Sure. We're an undergraduate college overwhelmingly with some graduate programs and about 2,000 conventional undergraduates on the main campus. We have an additional 350 men and women who go to Bard College classes full-time, all on scholarship, all earning Bard degrees at the AA and BA level, and many of them pursuing postgraduate pre-professional career programs prior to release. That's a big bite to take on for a relatively small college. So when we were approached with opportunities to grow, we thought our students and the college would be best served if we helped other colleges and universities who shared a passionate commitment to the liberal arts and a sense that they were prepared to embrace students who might be incarcerated as their own, as students of that college, without making presumptions about what's relevant to them or of interest to them or about their capacities, really approaching them openly and with great ambition and to create new partnerships between such colleges and universities and other departments of corrections around the country. So that's really what drove us into this work. We're talking on InfoTrack with Daniel Karpowitz, Director of Policy and National Programs for the Bard Prison Initiative, and he's author of College in Prison, Reading in an Age of Mass Incarceration. Tell us a little bit about the courses, because it appears you have a very wide range of educational programs. Right. So one of the problems associated with this work generally is that faculty and others sometimes think that the most important thing you can do in a prison is teach about prisons, that the best way to begin a conversation academically with people who are incarcerated is around incarceration or mass incarceration. We don't do that at all. 
we do quite the opposite. We think that colleges and students are best served when the college encounters students with the full breadth and depth of its own conventional curriculum. That isn't to say college curricula in America don't need change or aren't constantly changing. It's to say that it's the goal of our project and our fellow projects around the country to replicate the breadth and depth and diversity without preconceptions for people who are students while they're incarcerated. It means politics, history, anthropology. It also means sciences, mathematics, intensive writing, debate, and so on. How exactly does this work? The students leave the prison to attend a college, or is it brought into the prison? How does that work? It works because faculty make the commitment to get in their cars and drive to the nearest correctional facility where we're helping to build a campus, and they simply go in and teach. Uh, they go in once or twice or multiple times a week. For example, in New York, we may be sending as many as 60 people in on a weekly basis to six different correctional facilities. So it is in person, it is in the room, and it is intensive. That's terrific. And then in terms of graduation and testing and all of that, it's handled just the same as at a traditional college? The graduations are moments where we celebrate the hard work. We do all the bells and whistles that we do on campus. Yeah, we take the commencements very seriously. In terms of testing, it's incumbent upon us. And one of the mandates imposed on us by the college is to mainstream students in every way and to not diverge from the standards or expectations of the college on the main campus. That said, at the point of admissions, we take some risks, and we do not use standardized tests to admit students. We have other essay and interview-driven ways of getting students started on their academic careers. But as soon as the ball is underway, the metrics, the testing, the evaluations, the assessments are identical to those on the main campus, with the only exception that we very vigilantly fight any kind of great inflation, any kind of sentimentality on behalf of well-meaning faculty to go easy on their students because they're incarcerated. On the contrary, we emphasize that our students will always in the future of their lives be held to a higher standard and need to be prepared to compete with conventional students on campuses elsewhere in the workforce and in their careers. Daniel, do you have any statistics in terms of how education prevents prisoners from returning to prison later? No self-respecting college or university in the United States cares one whit about the rate at which its students go to or get out of and return to prison. It is not an ambition that a college considers for its alumni, and it is not a metric by which American higher education, I hope, is or ever will be measured. And that goes to my earlier theme about how we must be vigilant in keeping the integrity and vision of education, especially higher education, very distinct from the purposes, metrics associated with criminal justice or prisons. They have to be kept very clear. And when we muddle them, it's the college or university. It's the education that's going to lose. That said, I encourage everyone who's interested to track down the recidivism numbers, if you will, on Bard College and Bard Prison Initiative or the field generally. Going to college and prison correlates with radically lower numbers or rates of return to prison. That is a long and well-established fact, but I will only add that it is not and should not be a driver of higher education and prison policy. Daniel Karpowitz, Director of Policy and National Programs for the Bard Prison Initiative, and his book is College in Prison, Reading in an Age of Mass Incarceration. 
Daniel, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.